Hey, welcome to week 128 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Stephen. That over there is Travis. Week 128. That's crazy. It's a lot of weeks. Um, a lot of weeks. Hey, we're a TGIF podcast, and what we do, if this is your first time checking in on the show, is we go back, we watch all the shows that aired on TGIF exactly 30 years ago. Well, maybe like two days off or something, right? 30, the week of 30 years to the week. To the week, for sure. Um, these are episodes that would have aired back in 1992, and uh, yep. what was the actual week? I guess February or something, right? They would the date, yeah, these would have aired uh, February 28th, 1992. Uh, before we get into all the episodes, a couple things. Thanks to Nikki for the theme song this week. Yeah, Nikki, you rock. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. You can also go to YouTube, search Two Guys in a Fridays. You can also send us emails, TGIFCast at gmail.com. That's all the ways to do that stuff. And you can check this out live because confirmed we're going to be uh, doing a live podcast uh, at GalaxyCon this year, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, 8.30 p.m. on Saturday night, prime time, perfect slot for us. So uh, go hang out on the floor, meet all the celebs, and then once that main hall closes downstairs, you just go right to our room and watch the panel. It's perfect timing. Do we know what the actual day is for that? Like the day, the date? The date, and it's 8.15. 8.15 on that Saturday, whatever that oh, Saturday is. Yeah, 8.15. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure sure out the sure we can uh, find it. March, April, June, July. I don't know. Uh, let's I'll see. Get it. Here we go. You ready? It is the date. 19th? Of the 19th. March 19th. Yeah. So March 19th. March. It's already in March? Yeah. It's like it's a couple weeks, weeks like away. Three weeks. Whoa. Three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. March 18th. Did I say 18th? 19th. March, 19th. <laughs> March 19th. 815. And we actually know what room it'll be. It'll be in room E23A. I don't know what that means, but I don't know when you get there, is. it's a map, you'll find it, we'll be there. But um, yeah, I mean, the convention's the 18th, 19th, and 20th, so buy right. a three-day pass, go do all the other stuff. There's like tons of good guests and panels this year, yeah. depending on yeah. whatever you're into, something's there for you. And then we will be doing this show live in just a few weeks away, right there at the convention. Yeah, yeah, it's it'll be fun. And we've so we've got that one, and they've got like next season. They got good guests. They've got uh, some people from Lost. They've got some people from. They always have some Star Trek people. Uh, a whole bunch of people. Blue Rangers there, I think. Is that right? Am I making that Blue, up? David Yost, he is there. Yeah, I, don't, I feel like he doesn't do that many, does he? You know, I feel like he schedules a lot, and then and then they he <laughs> ends up. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to say that's on him. I don't yeah, know what yeah. that's about. But like, but I feel like I see him a lot, but never actually see him a lot. <laughs> So I don't know, man. Uh, they did announce. Uh, this is cool for me. I think this is fun. I okay. like horror movies a lot. You like horror movies a lot. Sure. Uh, Jeffrey Combs, who I don't know what his character's name is, but the the scientist from Reanimator is gonna okay. is gonna be there. How old I think is that's he fun. now? Gotta be pretty old, know. right? Not sure. No, I mean probably in his like sixties, okay. late fifties. Um. Anyways, it'll be. They always have really cool, really cool like anime and Disney people too. So that's that's always a lot of I've fun. been trying to people. find a uh, Giancarlo Esposito pop of his face exploding from Breaking Bad, but I think it's like $150. Dude, those pops are right That's now. why I, I really wanted an old Neo Matrix pop, which I used to see at FYE for like $10 all the time. And now they're $100. So I just bought the the new Neo pop, which I'm like, I guess it'll do. It'll it'll be okay. Like Neo, like Keanu from the Reeves? Matrix. Keanu Reeves, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Galaxy and we're Con. also confirmed for Awesome Con too, but we don't have any of the details yet. We just know we're going to be there. Yeah, no those idea. are the only two cons you should go to this year. <laughs> yes, those two, the ones that we're at. 
Uh, all right, so did that, we did that, we did that. Uh, before we get into those episodes, one more thing, though. We like to see what was going on in the world 30 years ago. And on this week, uh, February 25th, 1992, was the uh, 30th, ooh, 30, that's a new word, right? The 40. 34th annual Grammy Awards. Okay. You want to make any predictions? Um... Give me Michael an Jackson. artist. Give me an artist, Michael, and I'll Michael tell you Jackson. if they want anything at all. Ooh, My, Michael Jackson. All right, let's see what we got here. Jackson. Carl Jackson. Alan Jackson. No, no performance or awards for Michael Jackson. Okay. Give me another artist. Give me a TGIF artist. Well, I was going to say Brian Adams, but but you said TGIF artist, so I'm going to say... Uh, Brian Adams. Adams, best song written for a motion picture or television. Uh, Paul Abdul. Abdul? No, sorry. That's what that beat means. Uh, Mariah Carey. Yeah, I, I know she performed for sure. Uh, she performed If It's Over. Was that one of the songs that was number one? Or is that a brand probably. new one? Probably. I don't probably. Know. No, I don't know. no awards. I think uh, the performance that I want to go back and watch is Seal performing the song Crazy. That's my favorite Seal song. And can, can uh, I, can, I'm going to tell you something. Seal, Seal is, a, is a guilty pleasure of mine. I know he doesn't get talked about a lot, and when he does, it's sometimes good, sometimes bad. I love Seal. I've got like the the Ultimate Edition 5-disc Greatest oh, Hits man. that he put out a couple of years ago. I'm a, I'm a big Seal fan, and I don't think that Seal gets the credit he deserves. My mom was I'm a just big gonna, Seal just fan, saying that. Sure. Just going to say that. Well, you're never um, gonna survive unless you're so gonna go so crazy. Good. So um, underappreciated. Album of the year, Paul Simon. Uh, wait, I might have made that up. Paul Simon opened the show. Natalie Cole won album of the year. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at that. Unforgettable, sure, absolutely. Um, other TGIF artists, Ella Cool J, Boys to Men. I feel like it mentioned. Uh, that's about it, though. Yeah, color me bad. Tell. I would say those three. Ella Cool J, we've talked about color me bad. We talked about color me bad. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, that's it for news awesome. this week. What about what was the number one movie and what was the number one song for the week? No changes at all. So we got uh, "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred is the song, oh, and um, Wayne's World for week two. I did watch Wayne's World though. I got around to watching it. I meant to watch it last week, like I said, but we we changed when we were going to record, so I, I didn't have a chance. But I did watch it. Holds up. Well, so here's my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a hot, I got a hot take. Oh, got a hot take. Uh-oh. The movie. The movie in and of itself absolutely holds up. Fun, great movie. Fun to watch. My, so this was Mike Myers' first like film role. Okay. And it's really hard to watch if you've seen the rest of his career because because he has a lot of the same kind of his sense of humor is. I don't want to say it's like kind of a one trick pony because it's certainly uh-huh. not. But he uses a lot of the same kind of mannerisms, jokes, and stuff. And they you can't watch Wayne and not see. Dr. Evil and and here's Shrek and like, you know, his other characters just bleed right into Wayne now. And it's hard to see Wayne as like a 20 year old like punk kid as opposed to like 40 year old Mike Myers playing another character. Was he 40 when Uh, he did that? The first one? The first Wayne's World? Yeah. I can't imagine he was that old at all. Oh, I thought that's Uh, what you were saying. No, it just, but it feels like that. It feels like that just because you're you're used to seeing him in all these other roles now. He was... No, he was he was twenty when he did. No, oh. wait, that's years active. He was thirty. He was thirty okay. when he did. Um, twenty nine, thirty when he did. When he did. When it just it's hard. It's difficult to believe Mike Myers in that role. But the movie's still good. It's still just it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Go watch it. Yeah. Second one's good too. It's fun. I forget uh, how many people. I forgot how many people were in that. Were in that movie. The second one or the first one? 
The first one. The first one. Like actors that you know and forgot were in it kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like Rob, Rob Lowe and mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of He's like the, little, head, the Asian guy, right? The Asian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, so let's get into it. These are the episodes this week. A full oh, week. Bre- we, got, we got a birthday. birthday. We got a birthday. Happy I know, birthday I know we're, we're going to... long here, but we're going to do birthday. Someone who is in the family will stay on the birthday list forever, regardless if they're on TGIF. Mr. Bill Kirkenbauer. Hey. Uh, February 19th. Happy birthday. We actually, I posted it on Facebook because that's, that's he, where he's most active. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't let me tag him. So huh. I don't know if you saw it. But uh, yeah, happy birthday, Bill. You'll always be on the list because you are awesome. All right, so yeah, like we said, full week of shows. Let's get into it. Family Matters Season 3, Episode 20. The name of the episode is Love and Kisses. It starts off, we've got Urkel, we've got Waldo, we've got Eddie. They're all in the kitchen, and they're all looking at baseball cards. And Steve Urkel actually has a pretty sweet collection with, did he say two Mickey Mantle cards in there? Yeah, two Mickey Mantle rookie cards in perfect condition. So I looked this up because I was like, what does that mean? So here's the story here. And right? what did that so, mean then? And what does that mean now? So I don't know what that exactly what that means then because I okay. couldn't find historic pricing. But there are only three Jim Mint PSA graded 10 Mickey Mantle rookie cards. So the Mickey Mantle rookie card, when you hear that reference, it's the tops Mickey Mantle card. From so there's 19- three in Steve Urkel has two of the three. Right. According to according to the internet, there are three perfect PSA 10s. He says his is in Jim Mint, Mint perfect mint condition. So I'm going with 10. Yeah. So he's got two out of the three. Um, evidently they're really rare because, so there was two sets of tops cards that came out there. There was the first wave and then Mickey Mantle was in the second wave. And the, according to what I read in the, the second wave, by the time it came out, it was football season and the, all the kids were, were into football and didn't care about baseball cards. So they didn't sell and evidently tops like stored them for a while, trying to get rid of them and then just threw them all into the ocean, literally threw them all into the ocean. Um, once they were like, we're baby getting- seals everywhere. Probably. Yeah. Um, and so there aren't a lot in general. There's only three. The The article I read is from 2021. So it's recent, obviously not comparable to 1992, but a PSA nine um, sold for $5.2 million. Okay. I was, going, I was going to guess three and a half million. Okay. 5.2. Now, I don't know. You probably know, but generally the, for the audience, if you don't know much about like graded collectibles, the difference between a PSA nine and a PSA 10 is huge in value 10 so is pretty no- much unheard of like i mean yeah. it has to come out of the package with gloves like untouched by human hands all the printing has to be perfect like centered yeah. and everything it's unheard of so i don't know i don't even i can't even imagine what the price difference would be between a nine and a ten but it would be way more than 5.2 million dollars mm. and, and you know like i said there's three of them and a lot of that has to do with the fact that back in 1952 nobody was doing like pack breaks where they were being very they was like it's basically throw them into a drawer or shoebox or something if you're lucky most kids just put them in their bike and or that yeah 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 so anyways he's got two he's got two of these three uh mickey mantle rookie cards that right now are worth you know 10 million dollars i'm just gonna say 10 million dollars okay um so we get this baseball card talk then steve says eddie i need your help i'm so close to getting laura um I need you guys to do something for me and it's going to involve you guys dressing up in a costume and they're like, no way. And they're like, I'll give you 20 bucks. And they're like, all right, we're in. We'll do it. And that's about it. We don't know what they're going to do, except they're going to do something to help out Steve wearing a costume. And we go to the theme song after that. We do. Yes. So we come back. We've got Maxine and Laura. They're in the living room um, and they're just depressed. They're like talking about being depressed. Like something sad has happened. And Something then, bad. Yeah, it's real bad. 
Steve, Eddie, and Waldo all come in dressed in suits, looking like the Temptations and singing uh, My Girl. Well, Steve singing My Girl directly to Laura with Eddie and Waldo on backup vocals. <laughs> and Laura has to be like, stop, please, please stop. Yeah, I think she says they're, they look more like the Repulsions than the Temptations. And they, then yep. uh, that's Eddie and Waldo's cue to get out of there. They've already been paid. They've made their 20 bucks. So they <laughs> dance their way out the front door. And then Laura tells Steve that all of this is just too much. Like, everything he's doing is too much. She's not interested. And this is where we also find out the reason why uh, Maxine and Laura are a little bummed. It's because they did not get tickets to go see Johnny Gill. They camped out all night. They did not get their tickets. Yeah, they camped out all night and still didn't get them. So, that's pretty wild. Must be a hot ticket. Or he's only playing, like, a 20-seat venue because that's crazy. It is pretty crazy, especially without the internet, you know? You actually had to be in line to buy tickets. Yeah, I miss those days. Um, So Laura shows Steve her uh, Johnny Gill scrapbook at this point. She knows everything about this guy. We've never heard of him before, right? Like, this is a new, like, character in the show, Johnny Gill, right? You do realize Johnny Gill is a real person, Is he a real person? No, I didn't know. Yeah, Johnny Gill is, is a real musician. Musician, okay. Um, uh, I had never heard of him until he is. It is his first time on 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 Family Matters, but he is a he is an actual R and B. He was in New Edition. He oh, he was in New Edition. Yeah, he's a big. He was he was a big deal. Okay. Um. So she says that. Uh. Well, no. Steve makes this offer. He's like, well, if I can get Johnny Gale to meet you, you guys get a meet up. Would you kiss me? I think he actually says, is, is it, does he just say a meetup or does he say like, if he comes and sings in your, in here? No, in no all that's not. He, he doesn't no, no, no. Okay. 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 And she says, of course, not only that, like I'll give you the biggest kiss ever or something she says to uh, Maxine because what she says is she knows it's never going to happen. Of course. Like, why would you think that's going to happen? All right. So that's setting up the episode. We come back a little later. Carl's in the living room now. He's watching TV. Harriet gets home, reminds Carl that their uh, 20-year wedding anniversary is coming up next week. She wants to go on a honeymoon. They never went on one. And then uh, Carl's like, well, it's a lot of money. We've got a lot of stuff to fix in the house. Um, And then she, out of a bag, pulls out some sexy lingerie and says, "Uh, if we go, I'll wear this. And then literally the the TV show then shows a car driving through the (laughs) snow and arriving at a cabin where – Carl and Harriet are so, are shown arriving at their uh, their honeymoon cabin in the woods. Carl and Harriet are getting a little bit more risque uh, yeah. on Family Matters this is a couple weeks in a row, which I appreciate. I think that's good. I, I mean, that's we see that in other shows. Healthy so marriage. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad they're getting it out there. Um, so they like I said, they show them arriving at this hotel. There's a guy who's bringing their bags to their room, and as they walk in. They uh, pan out, move the camera a little bit, and we see uh, one of the walls from this cabin is missing, and it is snowing, and the snow is practically outside of their the wall of their room. I mean, it is. Like, they're, the, the ground literally just changes from snow to the floor of their hotel room, cabin room, whatever you want to call it, um, because there's no... There's, yeah, there there's no scenes there's of, like, Carl standing halfway inside of the room and halfway outside and just, like, snow coming down, and... Uh, the yeah. guy explains that uh, they were, I guess, building the place and they didn't realize it was going to cost so much. And instead of building one room at a time, they built all the rooms at the same time and didn't have enough money to finish the wall on all of the rooms in, the, in this uh, location. 
Yeah, so none of the cabins have walls. Bob also lets them know that the nearest uh, inn is 100 miles away because he actually looked at staying there tonight because so he wouldn't have to sleep in a room without a wall during a snowstorm. Uh, Bob, by the way, played by Tom Sharp, does a bunch of the extra voices on dinosaurs. So Yeah, but you didn't even mention this. Not only is the closest in 100 miles away, it's also sold out 100 miles away. Oh, okay, fair enough. I didn't see that. When he said 100 miles away, I was like, well, nothing else matters because they're not going to drive 100 miles in a snowstorm. Just, you know, I I, I think they would have driven 100 miles to have a wall. I think they would. I think they would have gone home. I think they would have just said, screw it. We're going home. Yeah, that's what that's what I would. There's no way that I would have driven 100 miles in a snowstorm. We don't know if it was further. Could have been on the way back home. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So then we go back to the Winslow's house. We've got Steve on the couch with Laura. They're both just sitting there. And she asks him, uh, why are we just sitting here, Steve? And then the doorbell rings. Laura answers it. It's Johnny Gill. He's at the house. The Johnny Gill. The Johnny Gill. The Johnny Gill that I didn't know existed is at the house. <laughs> she screams. She faints. Johnny comes in. Steve wakes up Laura. And uh, we find out that Johnny actually came there for that Mickey Mantle card. One of those Mickey yeah. Mantle cards in the beginning of the episode. See, it sounds like Steve. So here's my guess. Here, I think that there's a piece of this that we don't that we kind of have to imply. Well, he mentions my, his manager said something to him about. The right, 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 right. My guess, though, is as Urkel was looking at the Johnny Gill scrapbook, he uh-huh. saw an article that mentioned uh-huh. that Johnny Gill collects baseball cards. Okay. And then he's like, I got an idea. Calls the manager. Obviously, manager lets Johnny know. Here we are. Johnny is looking for this baseball card. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was well-known news back then that Johnny Gill was a big baseball card collector. Maybe. Who knows? So this is where we get the deal going on with Steve and Johnny. The negotiation, yeah. Johnny wants his baseball card. Steve is willing to give him this baseball card, but he's also trying to get as much as he can out of Johnny Gill because he wants to impress Laura and then get the kiss and then everything work out. So they go into like a wagering war of how many songs Johnny Gill is going to perform in the living room for Laura. And I think Steve starts at uh, 10 songs, is ten. that right? Yeah, 10, yep. So it's like 10, Johnny counters with like one, and they Two, go back and forth. Like Eventually no they ballads, agree. I all think ballads. six songs, right? Six. And keep in mind, six songs for a baseball card that is valued, we're going to value it at five to $10 million. So he's getting paid five to 10 million bucks to do six songs for Laura and her. And yeah, we'll just say a million dollars a song. I think that's fair. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, sure. But Steve's got two of them. I mean, I'm not saying he's not rich in baseball cards. I'm just saying dude's about to get $5 million worth of, $6 million worth of baseball cards for half hour work. And Steve Urkel is about to get a $6 million kiss. That's right. That's absolutely right. All right, back to the cabin. Um, Carl and Harriet are just looking miserable. They look frozen. They're cold. There's still no wall because how's the wall going to show up? Uh, a kid just comes in from playing <laughs> within the snow outside and wants to have a snowball throws fight, a, throws one at Carl's face. Throws snowball Carl. Um, Carl's not happy. Um, and then he starts to blame Harriet for everything, which yeah. uh, is definitely unfair. Um she kind of calls him out for always blaming her when things don't go her uh, his way and whenever things do go his way, he's always taking credit for it. They argue for a bit. And then the argument stops because a goat shows up and starts chewing on um, Carl's boxer shorts. And then they yeah. laugh and they hug and everything's okay. He apologizes. We're good to go. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, this was just a stress fight. That yeah, yeah. Was easily resolved. By um, a the, there's a little bit of some romantic talking going back and forth. There's a kiss, and then Harriet, um, Carl tells Harriet to uh, put on that negligee that she brought, and then uh, don't and not to worry because he's going to keep her warm. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. I think it's uh, cold outside, man. It's snowing in their room. It's Good cold. Luck. They've got blankets though, right? It's cold. Um, then we get back to Winslow's. Johnny Gill is now mid-performance for Laura. She is absolutely speechless. She can't even, like, I mean, do anything. She's melting, literally melting in the couch. She's, like, shaking on the couch. Um, no one else in the house knows what's going on, apparently, because even though I think he's got, like, a little, like, speaker hooked up, too, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, like a little karaoke machine stuff. Yeah. Rachel yeah. comes out to check out what's going on. Um, she's in, like, Full her curls. robe and curls. Yeah, and... Uh, freaks out like what in the world's going on she's excited i mean obviously she knows who johnny gill is too she then realizes that she's dressed in a robe and curlers she runs back in the kitchen and then uh more scenes of laura just like sinking even further down onto the floor steve this whole time not looking impressed at all he's like what does this guy have that i don't have okay so i read that differently i read that well i guess kind of along the same lines but he i think he's actually starting to get like this is too much laura is enjoying this too much i i don't want like i'm getting jealous uh he's like come on man just end it already so um i think that was his last song because when he finishes it johnny asks steve for the card um steve hands it over and tells him um that uh, he's got another opportunity uh, for the for him to sing at their wedding because he's got uh, more cards. I forget which ones he mentions, but uh, it, it, well, he pulls I, oh, Honus he, Wagner well, well, or something. Yeah, Honus Wagner, which is like the most valuable baseball card in history. So yeah, so he's like, <laughs> what's uh, Urkel doing? Make some, get sell those things and, and retire go yeah. somewhere. So he's like, uh, Laura's like, don't worry about it. You're not gonna you're not gonna need to be there for that because he she's not gonna marry Steve Urkel and. Uh, Johnny leaves and kind of sings a little more as he's walking in the door, kind of just to rub it into Steve, I think. I think he's, yeah, I think he's kind of flirting a little bit with Laura on his way out, to, like you said, to get to to mess with Steve. And Steve's like, get out of here. K- kicks him out of the house. And now we are at the point where Steve wants this kiss. So um, he gets in front of Laura. He pulls out the breath spray real quick, sprays a couple sprays in there, um, stretches, puckers, and um, Laura, not excited, um, goes in first for the kiss. But Steve actually pulls away and says, uh, no, I can't do this. It feels forced. I want this to be something that's voluntary that you really want. And Steve starts to sadly leave. And Laura says, Steve, uh, you deserve this kiss. You did all of this work. I really appreciate it. And she's like, I'll give you this kiss. And then he's like, what? What? And then he puckers up his <laughs> lips. And faints right there on the Winslow living room floor before they're able to do it. So I had some issues with this episode. Okay. Uh, and this was a big one of them. It's because this happens so often. Like, yeah. you be, like I knew exactly step by step how this was going to go down. When it, and it did. Step by and it's just step. Step by step, right? And it's it's just a little played out. And my other, my other issue was the whole... The whole honeymoon vacation thing was just such a ripoff of that that Perfect Strangers episode. Is it the same cabin? Um, I wrote that down. Like, is it's, this it's the not. Same? It, no. Well, it, I don't know if it's the same set or not. Uh, I mean, obviously that set was intended to be tropical, and this is, you know, winter mountain. Oh, there but, wasn't like uh, another snow one, like in Perfect Strangers, where like they, uh, 
There was might like have a, been, but I was. I feel like there was like a bad guy in the woods or something that came the, in. There. The, the one where they were in a cabin. I don't know if it was ever specifically like. Is that perfect? The one where that the, was Perfect Strangers. Right? That was Perfect Strangers. The one where it had all the different versions. Yeah, um, I don't yeah, know if yeah. they ever. I don't know if that was ever like considered snow or winter, but I was thinking more of the one where they go to the to the island. Yeah, yeah, I know. And mean. the 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 you know the cabin doesn't have the wall between the the men's and the women's room, and then I the bet wall you ends up getting knocked it's down. one of those sets, or at least part parts of yeah. the set rebuilt or something. It just was such a ripoff of that episode, and the whole negligee thing. While I like seeing Harriet and Carl be be more like romantic, like that, you wanted to see like her that, actually wearing it, right? <laughs> well, no, but but to me, that's just another thing that like that's exactly what what Jennifer would have done to Larry to get him yeah. to go to the Bahamas. You know, like I, I just felt like this episode stole a lot of stuff that we've already seen done, and it wasn't that didn't really offer much new, except for maybe Johnny Gill, who I didn't even know the real person. No, he is. <laughs> step by step, season one, step episode step. nineteen, uh, Country Club is the name of the episode. Starts off in the kitchen. We've got the kids setting the table. Everyone's helping, pitching in, that kind of thing. Uh, Carol yeah, comes yeah. down. Um, there's a joke about oh god, what did I write here? Um, Lambert stew, possum. Yeah, um, they're talking possum about and the Lambert eating stew. possum, yep. and Brennan's like, "Don't be silly. We only eat possum for Christmas." And that's kind of like, <laughs> you think possum's good? I bet you it's not bad. Um, I bet you it's not great. I don't think it's think probably so. very good. I, I don't know. People would be eating a lot of possum if it was good. There, there, there's no shortage of possum. Yeah, it's probably hard to find good possum though. Like, how do you find good possum? Just one that's not like infested with rabies and like yeah. dripping with slime out of its face. Yeah, because isn't that one of their whole like things? Is they're really resistant to to like bacteria and disease that would otherwise kill us. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to eat a possum. I mean, I probably would, but if I, I, if you gave me the opportunity, I, I definitely would. Yeah, if you put possum cooked possum in front of me and said, "Hey, try this," yeah, I'm trying it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So after the theme song, we come back to uh, JT and Cody. Um, well, they're getting home. They're coming right into the set. Like we haven't lost any time or anything like that. And um, we find out Cody has installed an oven in his van so he can yep. spend less time in the house and cook in the van. Well, he specifically says that he's feel he feels like he's he doesn't want to overstay his welcome. So he's trying to get his van set up so that he can do more into things independently without inconveniencing the family. Yeah, um, he said he doesn't want to like uh, be be here past his welcome or whatever. And Dana's like, yeah, yeah overstay his welcome. Little little too late for that. Is what Dana right. Says. Uh, so Cody goes back outside, and Carol asks Frank if he's. Uh, ever been to the Port Washington Country Club? And Frank's like, why would I go there? I don't like those type of people. That's not my kind of place. And she's like, well, I got this offer to go there and I really want to go. And then there's like some back and forth, like, well, I'm not want to go. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll go. And then she's like, all right, well, we're going then. I don't know. Well, the other thing too is is Dana doesn't want to go. Dana is thinks it's, you know. Oh yeah, because all the kids are going to go, classes. right? That's part of yeah, the all deal. The, all the kids are into it except for Dana. Dana's like, this is not something I want to be a part of. Frank doesn't want to go. Carol calls him prejudice. She does actually bring up the camping episode where she they all went on the camping oh. trip and it was a disaster. Yep. And she's like, I did this for you and I didn't want to. Even though she, I thought that he was going to go to the opera with her and that's how they were going to make it, you know, make it even. But maybe he didn't go into the opera. So she brought that up. Um, and then an explosion and happens right in the middle of all We this. hear an explosion. Yes, we hear an explosion. Cody comes in. Um, he's got soot all over his face. We find out... Uh, that now his van not only has an oven, but also a sunroof is what he says. Explosion of the oven. All right. So now we go to this country club. 
Um, Frank's looking uncomfortable as he and Carol yeah. arrive. Carol just wants to mingle with people. Frank wants to leave. Um, Al and Brendan are getting right to it. They've got a little cup and ball game going on, scamming yeah, all the kids. Yeah, they shell game. Uh, doing a good job of taking all the money. And then um, Karen uh, already has like five boys fighting over her. And she's Lined like, up. why don't you guys just give me, whoever can give me the best compliment, I'll eat lunch with you today or something like that is what she <laughs> says. So she's got that going on. And then I think we go, oh no, we have Mark um, who's giving right, some like Mark. financial advice to one of the club members. Um, Cody is on a, a chair, like a lounge chair. He's uh, suntanning and singing. He's got his headphones on. And then he gets kicked out. Like one of the club members just like tells them to uh, kick him out of there. And I think that's when they pick him up and just carry him out of there, right? Yep, while he's still on the lounge chair, yep. Then we meet Greg Patterson. Um, and Greg Patterson is immediately familiar to me because of the Nickelodeon show, Hey Dude. That's my connection to greg Patterson. he is 100 ted from from hey dude he, he was also in an episode of full house that we saw um take my sister please I, I think that's that's the one where he where not he but where they are all like switching rooms where where dj doesn't want steph in a room anymore and she moves to michelle's room blah blah, blah and like they do that whole and he'll be appearing channel. later on tgif too right sabrina i don't know i think he's in sabrina i'm pretty sure okay Normally, I look for everything past because I got sick of being like, this guy is going to be on Hang On Mr. Cooper in four years. Check me if you want, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's in Sabrina. So I'll take, I'll take your word for it. But I, everyone knows. I mean, I think everyone Ted probably from hey Dude. knows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Frank is still trying to leave this place. Carol says, um, don't worry because we're staying here the rest of the day. And then... Um, Oh, I didn't really say like Greg goes over and talks to Dana. That's like the big thing. Like, yeah, they start they start talking to each other, and that seems normal. Seems fine. They like each other. Yeah, um, Dana comes over to Frank and Carol and introduces Greg to Carol, and then uh, Greg's dad comes over and tells them um, that a golfer. Well, I think he's telling uh, his son that a golfer on his team mm-hmm. uh, broke all of his bones in a skydiving accident, and they need a new golfer for the uh, tournament that's coming up. And we also find out John, who is Greg's dad, is also the president of this country club, and he runs like a big property company in town. Right. And another thing that kind of ha- that happens here that you you might have missed or that we didn't talk about is that so the table that Frank and Carol are sitting at is wobbly, and so Frank, before all this happens, starts to fix the table, and this kind of starts a uh, I guess kind of an indicator that that Frank sees you know Frank sees problems, help wants to get things fixed, and that kind of leads to other things along the way. Yeah. So, so what happened? Basically, John, the the president of the club, says, "Look, we need a new person." Carol mentions about how Frank is is a is a pretty good golfer. It sounds like he's got a really good drive. Not great on the not great on the short clubs or on the green, but he, he can <laughs> he can drive like two three hundred yards. Um. So so John says, "Look, hey, it's a best ball. You'd be great. We'll get you off the tee, and then we'll take it from there." Um. And says, "Hey, by the way." We're about to build a whole new development, and uh, you know we can we can talk business while we're playing. Um, from there, we go back to the house, and Penny is sitting there with Ivy. Totally random, unnecessary scene, but Penny basically says that she's upset that she was not invited to the country club, that they weren't invited to the country club, and Ivy's like, "We don't need to do I that." I think we they're just th- trying to remind us that they haven't been fired from the show yet, like the two that actresses. It's, that they're yeah, that they're still on the show. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then Cody comes in. 
Yeah, and he comes in and uh, tells them, like, oh, man, the service was so great at the country club. They just, like, moved me all over the place. And then eventually <laughs> they even moved me to the parking lot. And uh, I figured that uh, it was done, so I just came home or something. Just came on all. I figured I had, I had seen the whole place. I had gotten the tour. So after this, Frank and Carol get home. He also, um, hey, we also find out that he puts a phone in his van, and he tries to call the phone to see if it works. Oh, yeah. And because no one's in his van, no one picks up. He's like, oh, man, it must be something wrong. Uh, so Frank and Carol get home. Great. We find out Frank great. had a great meeting with uh, with John, who's the owner of the country club. Um, Alan Brendan made sixty bucks uh, scamming all the kids, and Dana comes in uh, super embarrassed. She felt humiliated by Frank because all he wants to do is fix toilets and tables and stuff, and yeah. she's there to try to. I mean, that wasn't her main purpose, but now she really likes this guy. Um, Greg and she's kind of trying to impress him, but it's not really working with if uh, her stepdad is just fixing everything and make it look like he's the the janitor or the maintenance guy for the country club. Right, because he actually goes and tries to fix a, or does fix a toilet for them. He's and she says, you know, it was embarrassing to see you walk through the lobby with a plunger. She she lays into him and it's really unnecessary, yeah. giving him a hard time. Um, so a little later, uh, we've got Cody coming back into the kitchen. Carol is uh, writing some Easter cards, and there's like it's a, a holiday f- episode now. Yeah, um, he's like making a joke, like, "Oh, what are you writing those Easter cards for?" And she's like, "Easter," and uh, it's a good one. Uh, Dana comes in. Uh, she says that she had a great time talking to Greg on the phone for over an hour. She really likes him, and then Carol like gives the talk to Dana, like Dana. What you did with Frank was out of line. It was really mean, like uh, something like this kind of thing shouldn't happen. She doesn't tell him what to do, what, what to do. She doesn't tell her that. She's like, you, you kind of need to figure that out yourself, I think is what she says. Yeah, well, Dana says, so what do you want me to do? And Carol says, you need to really think about that and figure, figure out that for yourself. Yeah, so uh, after that little talk, we go back to the country club. Um, John and Frank's golf team actually won the golf competition. Like they're um, talking very highly of Frank and how great he got the ball down there and uh, – they're, get, they're like, all right, let's go get ready for lunch. So Frank goes off somewhere, bathroom change, something like that. John and his friends are still in this, like, courtyard area at the table. And then John and his friends start to talk crap about Frank and how he's a joke and uh, how he's not even going to give him this job that he told him that he was going to give him. And had no intention of it, yeah. The whole time, like we've seen before, Dana is off to the side listening. She hears everything that's going on. But what she does this time is she goes over and calls John out immediately on talking bad to Frank. She stands up yeah, for Frank. Absolutely. Um, tells him like that he's a jerk and all this stuff, that Frank's a great guy. I think she uses a lot of the same lines that her mom used to describe Frank a little earlier. Honest, nice, kind guy, yeah. Uh, Greg comes over the, the son and, uh, Dana immediately blows him off. She's so turned off by what his dad did to Frank that she doesn't even want anything to do with Greg anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had gone to get her a drink and she says like, she's like, I don't even want it. I'm leaving. So, uh, from here we go, I think back to the house, right? Uh, Frank and Carol Carol are talking about a vacation, like somewhere to go with the whole family, I think. Right. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're planning a vacation because now, because in Frank's mind, he's getting this huge job, oh, which right. is going to yeah, set yeah. them up, and he's going to have all, you know all this extra money. So they're talking like Hawaii or I don't know somewhere like real big vacation. Uh-huh. Uh, Dana comes in, 
And she uh, is like, Frank, I got something to tell you. And uh, she just tells him, like, what happened with uh, Patterson back at the club. And, of course, Frank is upset. And uh, Dana tells Frank that she stood up for him, though. And um, he thinks it's great, um, thanks her. Um, She apologizes for the way that she acted earlier. Um, Someone's at the door. It's Greg Patterson. He has come to uh, see Dana. She tries to blow him off at first, but... uh, He's actually just there to deliver the trophy from the golf tournament to Frank, saying that he deserves this. He's the reason that they won. Um, Carol. uh, And a little bit of context on that, I think, because I think I think this is there's a little bit more importance to this. And the fact that there was one trophy and and Greg's dad, John, was going to just go and put it in his office and call it a day and then, you know, tell tell Frank to get lost. So he actually had to have gone and stolen that trophy out of his dad's office to bring to Frank to give to him, you know, at the expense of everybody else's. Yeah, and I think Greg kind of says some stuff before Carol and Frank leave, like how he and his dad are really different. Like he doesn't like he does act. Well, he gives a hard. Yeah, he kind of is giving Dana a hard time and saying, "You just left without without talking to me," and you know, I would have kind of you know, me and my dad are very different. Probably would have been on your side. I would have been there. He's he's really trying to kind of let her know that she also shouldn't have blown him off. Yeah. So um, Carol and Frank have now gone to the kitchen. Uh, they continue to talk. Uh, Greg says that he's sorry for the way his father acted, and uh, Dana says shut up, and then kisses him, and that's the end of the episode. That's it. We're gonna get more of uh, Mr. Patterson. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> excuse me. I would excuse assume uh, at least another episode. Like yeah. I would not be optimistic. Okay. Um, he's got bigger and better I, things on the dude ranch. He does. He's got a lot. You know, he's a, he was a working actor in the nineties. This was a this was a. They were lucky to be able to secure him for this episode. You say who is the harder get him or that Gill guy from the last episode of Family Matters? Ooh, I mean, Gill. Gill. Gil, yeah. He's a big deal. Yeah. He was. So a new edition he, broke up and went all solo at that point or something? Man, I don't know the story. Okay. You're you're asking you're asking the wrong person. That's what I'm going with. Um, Baby Talk, sure. season two, episode 19, The Littlest Shoplifter. Um, their intro this time is uh, Mickey and three kids. They're like dressed up for a birthday party. They got hats on. Uh, one of the girls goes off to do something. And uh, Mickey says, all right, which one of you needs to be changed? Yeah, now that she's gone. There's some poop who in someone's diaper. Um, theme song, come back. We've got Maggie, we've got Doris, we've got Mickey. They're all in the apartment. Uh, James comes over and he's kind of teasing Maggie because she's already looking worked up. We find out his parents are coming over. Um, she thinks they're, they're already there, but he's like, no, you've got two hours. Don't worry about it. I got to go do this thing. Uh, well, he tells her, he tells her that they're there. He, he yeah, tries yeah. to make her think that they should shut up. Um, James says, I got to leave. I got to go drop off this jingle I just finished. And then Anita comes over. She's trying to calm Maggie down. Um, and needs, oh, I guess Anita's real reason to come over was she needed a change for the washer. But as she came over, she was also talking her down. So Maggie's like, I got a shower, um, but I'm out of shampoo. And she's like, Mickey, come on. We got to go to the store. We got to go get some shampoo so I can wash my hair and look all right for James's parents. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's what happens. She's just getting, she's freaking out because it's the first time she's being it. And there's also, there's a little bit of concern that, his parents aren't going to specifically his mom isn't going to like her because she is an unmarried mother. Um, she, James has kind of not really told her the whole story that, that she just never married uh, Mickey's dad. And it, it's kind of implied that he's told her that she are has left that open to imagination. And she thinks that either she 
is divorced or a widow, a widower, um, widow, a widow. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. All right. So then we go to the grocery store. Um, this is where she's going to buy some shampoo. Um, it starts off. There's a scene with like a kid trying to like find some tomatoes and this store clerk is being super mean to him, like saying, don't touch yeah. the tomatoes. Or, like, is he important? Is he an actor that we know or anything? No, no. Okay. So, uh, Maggie kind of steps in on this whole situation. Um, and, kind of gives it to the store clerk for giving this kid a hard time because she sees that other people have tomatoes and they were able to touch them, but the store clerk just wants to be a jerk to a kid because, I don't know, he's a jerk or... He's, he's a jerk. jerk. Yeah. Um, so Maggie then uh, goes with Mickey down an aisle to go find the shampoo, and as she's looking at all the shampoo, Mickey is just stuffing stuff in Maggie's pockets, like uh, different like mini bottles of shampoo. Like You can hear his thoughts. He's like, oh, I think you like this one. Like He doesn't realize what he's doing, obviously. Yeah. And you see his little hand putting the stuff in the pocket. <laughs> um, so he throws like three or four bottles in her pocket. She grabs the one that she actually wants to buy off the shelf. And then they go to check out. And as they're in the checkout line, the same clerk from earlier um, can see somehow these little tiny bottles of shampoo in Maggie's pocket from where she's standing. And you see him kind of like in the background go and get like a security guard police officer or something. And uh, then they stop her and check her pockets well they're they're really sneaky about this because what they do is as she's getting ready to leave he holds the door for her and says it was great it was great having you today hope you have a great day and as soon as she steps out of the out of the building is when they stop her and search her for you know stealing the stuff so yeah they're like uh you were shoplifting you're in trouble um and then we go to the next scene where we are now at a police station yeah. Uh, Maggie's been taken down there with Mickey. Um, the officer tells her that the store manager wants to press charges. She tells them that she just left her wallet, the apartment. She doesn't have her ID, so they have to hold her. And uh, he's not going to let her leave until someone brings down her ID. And, and this sergeant is Louis Avalos, is the actor who was, you might remember, the dad on Bella Bleecker Street. Bella's up Bleecker Street. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also, I feel like a pretty important character in the jail cell behind them as well. There's a woman who, I don't know, looks like she's not wearing like nice clothes. She's a little run down. And, uh, I think she was also arrested for shoplifting. It's what it sounds like. She was arrested for, and at first I was like, why do they have this random woman in a cell that has like a speaking role? It just seemed very odd. It does play, it does there. It plays out, which I'm glad, but it was, it seemed it seemed real random at first. Is the actors here anyone big or not really? No, not that no. I could not that I okay. could find. Um, so she tries to call Anita to get her wallet, uh, but there's no answer. And then we go a little later. We now see her leaving a message for James. Um, the officer's playing with Mickey. Uh, Maggie starts talking to and then defending this uh, woman who we talked about earlier that's in the jail cell. Saying, I think her name's Irene. Irene. Yeah. Um, yeah. she's like, this woman needs equal treatment just because she doesn't look nice like me doesn't mean that she should be in there and I should be out here. And then they just go to a next scene where Maggie's now in a jail cell with the woman. This was very reminiscent to me of last week's episode where Doris gets into the fight with the cop for no good reason and ends up with a ticket. Whereas Maggie uh-huh. is getting into an argument with the cop and you can see where it's going immediately. And the, I mean, I, I understand and appreciate Matt, what Maggie is trying to do here, except Maggie's got things to do today. Like today is not the day. Yeah. Today is not the day. For sure. So um, then we go to a scene where we're back at the apartment. James is getting back to his apartment. He's going through his voicemails, listening to him. 
here's the one that Maggie Liff uh, left him, and then he immediately jumps up, rushes out the door to get her, um, well, first he's got to go back to her apartment and get her wallet, then take it to the jail, and as he's leaving the apartment, his parents arrive, and uh, he's kind of in a mess because they want to see him, they haven't seen him, he's trying to get out of there as quick as he can, and then uh, eventually after their camera is stolen by someone that they ask to uh, take their picture, they decide that they're going to go with him down to the jail cell. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a character in this, that in the episode who's just credited as guy, who I think is either the guy with the camera or the guy who was, there's a guy that's like mingling at the mailbox um, at one point, uh, Vito Giambalvo, whatever. He was selling ice cream in that episode of just 10 of us where they were trying to do the diets and they kept like going in to different places. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. This this could yeah. be that could be Vito, the camera. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. My point is, I don't know who he is. He's but he's <laughs> one of those like secondary characters that that didn't do a whole lot except say something. So, um. So yeah, James tries to run out, but his parents are like, "No, we want to go with you." So they go with him. Now we're at the police station. Um. James and his parents arrive. Um. The officer shows James where Maggie is and says that she was arrested for shoplifting. And uh, James and his parents both look shocked about this whole thing. But I think uh, James's dad might take a picture of her or something in the jail cell before. Well, he does because he's been taking pictures the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's at the jail just taking pictures. I looked up Irene, by the way, the actress that plays Irene. Uh-huh. She's got a ton of stuff. Like she nothing. I mean, seemed important to me, but she's got, I mean, she's got a few things that she has a, like a, a, a small reoccurring roles. And she was in an, a, a show called ER, not the, different ER a long time ago. I think this is, I think George Clooney was in that original, original version of this ER show before he was in the ER that we all know, but yeah. she was on that cheers facts of life. She had a reoccurring role on uh, uh, home improvement. Okay. Um, she seemed like one step. of those actors that like fit that um, TGIF likes to do where they like put like a pretty well-known actor in a scene and only have them in like one scene for the whole show kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, she's here's, I would say that she is a, you know, she is a, do you think she was recognizable to people back in 92? Like people be like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. no, Because the only thing that she's really on with any kind of like repetitiveness is that ER show that again, not the ER that we all know different show ER. She was on a show called on the television, which I've never heard of. That was around in 89. I don't know anything about it. Uh, Fake TV show that reviewed non-existent shows that were supposedly new. Okay. Uh, uh, don't know anybody. She was on a few episodes of that. I mean, she's done a ton of stuff, but I don't think I would. I don't know if I really call her recognizable. Okay. I think that she is just a really successful working actress. Fair enough. So after the uh, jail cell scene, we now have everyone back at the apartment. Maggie still nervous with James's parents there. Um, James's parents are being pretty nice though. Um, yeah. And then Maggie and James's mom go into the back bedroom to change Mickey and kind of talk a little bit. And James's mom, of course, thinks that Maggie's husband died because of the like weird little conversation that her and James right. had earlier. And Maggie's like, no. And then they kind of like explain the misunderstanding that uh, he they actually never were married. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. That is correct. And this is at this point, uh, James's mom straight up says, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like you. Yeah. So she's not liking the whole situation with that Maggie has with Mickey and like being a single mother and now with her baby boy, James. And uh, 
We'll see how that goes. So then they show James yeah. and his father talking out in the kitchen. Um, James is explaining that uh, this whole thing with he and Maggie is getting very serious. And I think he tells him, too, that her husband did not die. And James's dad is like, you need to go talk to your mother now. Let her know that this thing is serious and let her know what's going on. Yeah, and James's dad is like, look, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I it's not important, but I have to live with your mom, and it's going to be an issue for her, so you need to get in there right now. So we go back to the room. Uh, Maggie and Gina, who's James's mom, are talking about the whole situation and like what she's going through, and James comes in. Uh, Maggie walks out at this point, and Gina tells James that she just says she's not for you. Like That's what she tells him. She does, but there's also – and his dad is a kind of – gave him the same little talk that his mom now gives him in the, in the sense that they go down a list of women. They're like, well, you liked, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, so you thought this, you know, you thought you were in love with, you know, X, 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 and X. Um, and so he is, you know, trying to convince them that this is different, that he, he loves Maggie and wants to, wants to be with her. Yeah. I think he says like, uh, mom, sh I I'm right about Maggie is what she what he says. Yeah. So, yeah. They talk about that. We go back to the living room. Uh, Maggie, Mickey, and Mr. Holbrook are taking a photo together. Um, Anita and Tony come over uh, with some snacks. And Tony really just wants to know like what jail was like for Maggie. That's the only reason she's there. Uh, Doris arrives. Uh, Maggie and James are talking in the bedroom a little bit. And they somehow both reveal that they're in love with each other at this point. And kiss and that's the end of the episode yeah pretty much and mickey still steals james's watch mickey is just a little thief nowadays yeah um ever since he stole that wallet and got that rush few episodes back <laughs> can't stop uh billy that's it that's the last show for the week uh 9 30 p.m slot on tgif uh we've got season one episode five for you the name of this episode is billy gets the bird and, yep, uh, Billy gets the bird. It starts off after the theme song. We've got uh, Mary and the girls. Um, they run inside frantically into the house, and Billy comes in holding a seagull by its legs, which is a new sight for me. I've never seen anyone hold a seagull like this, and I was a little a upset. real seagull, like a legit real seagull. Yeah. Um, they end up putting the seagull in a box because it's hurt and David leaves. He says he's got to go call a chick and gets out of there real quick. Um, everyone in the family, though, is worried about this bird. It's hurt. They're worried it could die. And then we go to a commercial break where we've got uh, Dr. Pepper, Anacin, is that what it is, and Sheer Energy. I don't know. Uh, yes, I can't remember what the exact medical name is, but a couple things about this bird. So the bird has a fishing line tied around. It sounds like it's like More wrapped around its the bird, not the commercial bird. Yeah, and it sounds like its wing is somehow also got some some fishing line in it. Um, something else Billy does here is because the the girls Laura and Annie, Annie, Anna, Anne, Laura and Anne, whatever, they're worried about the the bird dying. And Billy does this whole like, well, if it does die, we'll give it this great Scottish. Well, that's funeral. all after the commercial break. All that stuff. I have it before the commercial break. I have the 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 funeral talk. They talks about the funeral before the commercial break. Mm, sure. And then, and then, because you don't see the yeah. fishing line until after the commercial break. You don't, but you, you do. You do know there is fishing line wrapped, but you don't see it until okay. after. But the funeral part is before. The reason I bring up the funeral thing is because it's very. It's almost the identical. I think this is kind of Billy Connolly's one of his gags. Like one of the things he does is where he tells these kind of like long, elaborate stories with lots of detail about 
a situation that he's talking about because he did this in the last episode with the date and now it's the exact same kind of situation with the funeral where it's like here's all these kind of fantastical th- elements of what a perfect seagull funeral would look like does billy Connolly oh. remind you of robin williams a whole lot because that's all i think about every time he's like doing his like stories and like going into like his bit type stuff and like no. his, and his like accents and his like characters that he did i don't know i always think i of can robin maybe williams. see why you would think that but i i don't i think i no it doesn't okay. that's it fair doesn't. um okay so actually after the commercial break they're now shown like clipping these uh pieces of fishing line off the seagull um the girls are excited because they think they have a new pet mary says no it's just temporary and then phoebe and norman come over because that's just what they do now is just show up at the house show up i hate norman he's so annoying um norman says he knows a vet he takes the bird he leaves phoebe tells mary uh alone while they're in the kitchen they're the only two left in there that she joined a bowling league she doesn't want to tell Norman, and uh, she needs Mary to hide all of her gear from Norman so she can continue to bowl without him knowing. I can only imagine the kind of things that Norman does to Phoebe when they're alone at home. It's probably awful. It's probably awful. <laughs> you hate this guy that much? He obviously is like a, at least mentally abusive, emotionally abusive, like yeah. jerk. Um, I, I I feared he was just going to take the bird and kill probably himself. Like locks her in a cage and stuff like at home. I don't. I mean, maybe just a room. I don't know about a cage, but like it, I'm thinking it, like I'm a sure it's dog crate, like a extra large dog crate. That's just that's too much. I, I wasn't thinking about it at all until you brought it up, though. Too much, too much, too much for a family podcast. All right, so Norman wants Phoebe to. This is like part of the conversation too. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's like, Norman just wants me to go hang out the country club, which makes me obviously think and of play, uh, step by step. Right. And play tennis. But yeah. yeah, the country club was a seemed like a step by step callback. All right. So we go to the living room. Uh, Billy is uh, taping up his fingers because I guess well, yeah, the other thing, too, is that that Phoebe is really good at bowling. Phoebe's already winning trophies. Yeah, so she's yeah. a natural. So like it's something she enjoys and she's good at. Yeah. Uh, Billy's taking taping up his fingers because this bird like pecked the heck out of him, I guess. And then that's uh, a running joke throughout the entire episode. The bird just keeps attacking Billy the entire time david tells billy that uh he asked out a cheerleader and uh to billy's surprise she said yes too and uh, hottest he, girl in the school yeah he's like yeah everyone just asks her out all the time and uh, she actually <laughs> said yes this time um he's trying to uh get some tips from billy for the dates and billy is like well you got to talk about something that she's interested in and uh david's like that doesn't ever work well he also says be yourself I think I think the key the key thing he says right here is be yourself. I think the talk about something she's interested in comes a little bit later. No, it's right here. Um, we also says be yourself. <laughs> uh, we then go to dinner. Um, the girls are asking about the seagull, and they say uh, they want a pet. Mary tells Billy that it's really sweet that he helped out the bird, and then Norman gets back with the seagull with a cast on his wing and a six hundred and seventy dollar vet bill. No, sir. Uh, Billy freaks out about the cost, which he should. Mary says that they can uh, build a cage for the bird and then, uh, I guess, bring it back to uh, a healthy state where they can then release it. Right. Well, because Norman says it's going to take a few months for it to fully recover. Yeah, which means a few months of more money, too, because I think there's more vet. uh... Someone's got to remove that cast. You think Billy's just going to remove the cast? Yeah, you can take your own cast off. Um, Commercial break. Uh, Do you care about what was on there or not really? I didn't write anything now. Healthy sensations, dressing, Elantra, Beauty and the Beast, Father of the Bride, oh, yeah, right. 2020, uh-huh. 
and a Muhammad Ali 50th birthday celebration. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we go outside. Billy's uh, building this birdcage. David is kind of helping. He's just really like, He's not holding helping. David stuff. isn't being very helpful at all. I, I, I literally him. wrote David isn't being very helpful. I think he handed him a screwdriver. Uh, and then uh, the, I think that's what David says as evidence of him helping. Yeah. I handed you a screwdriver. And then I wrote down the girls bring the bird over. Do they just bring like the box with the birds in? I guess? He, yeah, he was in a box. They bring the box over. Yeah. Uh, they go to Mary in the kitchen. Phoebe comes over once again. She's there for her bowling stuff. Um, she still hasn't told Norman that she's bowling. And Mary says she just needs to tell him. And then Mary tells Phoebe that uh, this uh, Billy thing's kind of getting awkward. Like, because I think she's talking about how her like hidden life is kind of weird. And she's like, well, yeah, this whole Billy thing's getting weird too because all everyone in the family is really starting to like him. And that's what I was worried about. I don't, I have a totally different read on that than you did. Okay. I think that what's going on with Mary is that she is kind of surprised and taken aback by the fact that she was hoping, her intention was that this was going to be purely transactional, uh, you know, as the, as the theme song says, but that she, Billy is really growing on her, watching him nurture the bird is making her really have, you know, think about maybe having some feelings for him and that the kids, while she was trying to keep that as separate as possible, have really taken a liking to him and are, are really like respecting him as a, as a parental figure. And she likes it. She, she thinks that it's actually not as bad as, as she thought it would be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of think the same thing there. Um, so I don't think she thought it was awkward or, or weird. I think that she sees it as unexpected and something she's, you know, interested in, in exploring. I wrote down, that Mary said it's getting complicated. So I guess that's where I was getting that from. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, so in the living room, David uh, is talking to this cheerleader date that he's got. Um, it's Giselle, Giselle. Giselle, and- uh, we, we met We met last episode, two episodes ago. Oh, she's the one on the bike? On the bike, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is the one though that he's like, I asked his cheerleader out or is this a different girl? It's it is. It's the same one, same character, same actress. My guess is that the first one was she didn't consider a date. It wasn't a date because they were supposed studying. to be studying. Okay. And and she was like, "Whoa, this dude's got a motorcycle. I'll, I'll definitely say yes if he asked me out on a date." Yeah, but now he's just being awkward and just talking about taking care of a bird, and she's not into it. She's like, uh, "Was also like fabricating the whole thing, like how he is the one that saved the bird and saw the bird and rescued the bird and." He's making it all up to impress her. Yeah, so she wants to get out of this. She says she's going to the bathroom. So she walks away. Billy comes in, tries to help David a little bit, uh, give him some tips, tell him to uh, talk about things that she's into once again. And then uh, she comes back, and then Billy starts to ask her about cheering, and then she opens up and starts, like, saying everything about how she tried out and how she pom-poms with three pom-poms or something. And uh, yeah. She's now in a little bit of a better mood than she was when she left to go to the bathroom originally. And the key thing is that when she comes back from the bathroom, she's pretty much like one foot out the door. Mm -hmm. But as she starts to talk about the cheerleading, she sits down on the couch next to David, gets close to him, talking about cheerleading. And so things are looking better now. Yep. Uh, We go to the backyard. Billy goes out to check on the bird and it's dead. No more bird. Dead. Yep. Done. Uh, We go to the kitchen. Billy comes in. Billy's thrilled, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Billy tells Mary and the girls that the bird has died. And then we go right into this uh, Scottish funeral for the bird that we talked about uh, at the very beginning of the episode. Um, Everyone's there. They're saying kind words about the bird, throwing flowers in. Bagpipes. Bagpipes. Yeah, there's like a legit bagpipe player in the backyard. uh, Yeah. Does that thing. And then... uh, Guy in the back playing devil sticks. 
Not really, was there? Not not really, no. Uh, find out David's going out on another date with Giselle. And Mary tells Billy that uh, he's really making a difference in uh, these kids' lives. And he, she's like, it's really nice. And Mary tells um, Mary tells the girls to go practice their music. And Billy says that, uh, well, there's something like she said something about dads or something here. Yeah. So Annie asks a question. She says, she says, what is, what do real daddies do that Billy doesn't do? And so that leads to Billy and Mary kind of starting to have this joke, this innuendo joke of, of, well, real dads have sex with mommies and, and Billy isn't doing that. And that's, they don't say that. But yeah. That's yeah. But you like, you get like from their like lifted eyebrows, like that's what they're kind of like thinking. Right. But it leads to this whole kind of back and forth little bit of them joking about what daddies do that mommy or that, that Billy doesn't do. And the dad Billy's like, well, I can do what daddies do. And it all ends with Billy taking out the trash. Yeah. She's like something like, oh, yeah, were well, you man enough to do this? And then hands him the trash bag. And then yep. so I think he just that's the end. Right. Like he grabs a trash that's bag, it. walks out of the house. And that's the end of the episode. It is. It is. Uh, commercials of Pepsi. I can't believe it's not butter. The commish and a happy days special that's coming up. And then we get a baby talk TGIF promo to end out. TGIF yeah. The week. They also at the very, if you, if you watch it to the very, very end, they do talk about the musical special that night, which I can't remember who was on it. I think oh, it was, you know, I think it was Natalie Cole. Grammy no, award winner. Like right. the next day. Yeah. And then there was like, Oh man, I can't remember. I can't remember now, but it's, it's okay. whatever. I didn't watch that far. Um, yeah, so that's our week of TGIF. We do go and we rank all the episodes in our um, own little way of how we liked them. So what about you, Travis? Four, three, two, one. What do you got? I have no idea. I didn't care for any of these episodes. Number four, I'm going with Baby Talk. Three, I'm with you I'm there. I'm going Billy. Yep. Two, I'm going... I'll go two family matters one step by step this week. I agree. I agree. That's what I would have done. That's that's I agree hundred percent. All right. So if you want to follow us online, you can do that. Find about any of the new stuff we got coming up. Uh, just follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at TGIF cast. You can go to our YouTube channel. Whenever we've got videos, you can just search two guys into Fridays, subscribe to that page. And then if you want to send us your own version of the theme song, like Nikki did this week, or you want to send us anything at all, you can do that. TGIF cast at gmail.com yep and don't forget we will be at galaxy con in richmond we will be at awesome con in washington dc we'll talk about it between now and then so you'll get all the dates but uh check them out online lots of cool stuff yeah and especially um, because like uh you do have to buy a pass to go to these conventions and a lot yeah. of times they're cheaper if you buy them like a few weeks in advance rather than waiting like the week of so we're trying to tell you about them early get your pass and then meet us out there and enjoy the show live yeah and if you just want to come see us just bypass for that day and be like look i'm here for just for the tgif guys and so make sure to bring them back next year because that's the because that's the only way you're getting my money i would get a uh, i would get a three-day pass because then get you a three-day pass. there's a lot of other stuff that's cool here's what i'll tell you about galaxy Com. this is why you should get a three-day pass because they do a ton of wrestling and it's awesome and you can go every day and watch like are they doing live wrestling? wrestling is that i'm confirmed? just gonna say yes i don't know i, I mean don't they've think got, they are you don't think so no i don't think they are <sighs> AEW, AEW has done a big, like, um, they've been really big about just doing comic conventions, like having three or yeah, four yeah. wrestlers on different ones. I, don't I get that, but what's Caleb with a K going to do if he's not doing He's dating uh, Chris Statlander. It's the only reason he's there. I know that, but I mean. And you know he's on he's a got... show, an HBO show now, too. Oh, I didn't know that. He's no, on uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Good for him. That's yeah. cool. I didn't know. I did not know that. That's really cool. I don't think that's why they uh, booked him. I think he's just a, kind of like a background dancer kind of thing. But you don't book Caleb with a K because he's on the Righteous Gemstones. You book whatever is real, Caleb Connolly, because he's on the Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> um. Anyways, go to all three days of both of them. They're both great events. Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, and Gremolina's gonna be there. She's always there. She's a, she's a, she's standard right now. I think she, yeah, she's just living. I think she lives in Virginia. I think she she does. Virginia. I know she does for a fact. Yeah. But okay. I, I think she's also probably waiting for the doors to open right now. No, nah, she's got other she's got other things to do. She's got other conventions to be at in North any, Carolina. Any con that'll let her be there. In a in a four state radius. Um next week. Two next. episodes, short week. Oh good. Step I, by step. I need a short week. You know, I really do. I, I I knew you'd appreciate it. What do we got? Uh, Step by step, season one, episode 20, Billy, season one, episode six. No family matters, no baby talk. So enjoy the short week. Billy. All right. I can handle that. Step by step and Billy. We only got two more episodes of Billy left. And then there's, is that all there is of the show or does it go to a different day? I can't remember. It moves. There is, uh, I think there's another half of the season. Um, I mean, if you want to watch it yourself, I've got some of them. I might um, watch. Do you have the, do you have the, like the last, last episode? Don't know. I just kind of want Don't to know. see where they end with uh, Billy and Mary. If they're still like, oh, you can go take out the trash now. Or if they're like <laughs> banging in the basement. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look and see. What, well, I might. I'm in no rush to do that. But uh, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, step by step. Billy, no baby talk. No family matters. That's all I got. Anything else from you, Steve? That's it. All right, man. Have a good week. You got it, dude.